the left corner to Aguila. Aguila the left circle. Passing to Yale. A shot. Save made by Al Aguila. Three bounds. Another shot. They score! The Blades win it! Yeah, baby! They score! And the sea of red erupts. Flames talk starts now on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Here's Pat Steinberg and Wes Gilbertson. All right, it is a bonus edition of Flames Talk on this Wednesday, February 28th. Happy Wednesday evening if you're listening live. Thanks for being with us on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcast. Steinberg, Wes Gilbertson, along with you after the Flames have made yet another trade. The Flames have sent Chris Tanev to the Dallas Stars in a very complicated deal that also involves the New Jersey Devils. Now, if you want to get into the really nitty-gritty of how it all went down, our uh, friend Owen Newkirk in Dallas put a detailed description of how it all came together. Uh, and I, uh, I have that up on my Twitter right now over at Fan960 Steinberg. But here's the gist of it from a Flames standpoint. Chris Tanev goes to Dallas. The Flames are retaining 50% of his salary. Now, with New Jersey involved, Dallas is getting Tanev's cap hit at 25%, but the Flames are retaining 50% of the 75%. Anyway, Flames send Chris Tanev to Dallas. In exchange, the Flames are getting a 2024 second-round pick. They're getting prospect defenseman Artem Grushnikov, who is going to join us a little bit later on this hour, we hope. And they're also getting a conditional third-round pick. Now, that conditional third-round pick goes to the Flames in the event the Dallas Stars make the Stanley Cup Finals. Uh, That is what we know from a Flames standpoint, and that is the end of Chris Tanev's tenure with the Flames. Um, You know... Prior to doing this, uh, this is now available on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. You know, we were kind of scrambling and putting all the pieces together for about 45 minutes, 50 minutes prior to getting this hour going. And the more I've thought about it, Wes, I mean, I really don't mind this return at all. You know, I know there was a lot of talk about a first-round pick, but they get a second-round pick, and they get a prospect that... If you listen to Craig Conroy when he joined us earlier, that'll be up on a bonus podcast, and we'll hear a little bit later on this hour from Craig as well. If you missed it, if you listen to Craig Conroy, this is a guy they've targeted for quite some time. They really like what he brings to the, especially on kind of the the stay-at-home shutdown side of things. They get a second-round pick and a former second-round pick in the 2021 NHL draft for a 34-year-old defenseman who is not going to re-sign here. Yeah, I know that there was a lot of talk about, well, they need to get a first-round pick. Well, a second-round pick and a former second-round pick a couple of years ago, I, I don't mind this return at all. I, I really, really don't. I think, once again, Craig Conroy's got a plan, and they are accumulating assets to either use all those assets or package up and do other things, and they've just acquired two more guaranteed assets here for a guy that they were definitely moving out. Yeah, and you, you, I mean, you really like it if the Dallas Stars go on the sort of run that they're capable of it, and you can add a third-round pick a, as part of that haul. You know, one of the things that, that really struck me as we were talking to Craig Conroy is here's another area that the Calgary Flames have really earmarked as needing to bolster their system. And, and we heard him say, you know, listen, we, we have... Jeremy Poirier, and we have Etienne Moran, and you know we have Hunter Bruce Davis. They they have some offensive minded defense prospects in this system, and yet beyond Jan Kuznetsov, I I'm not sure who is that sort of shutdown guy. Who who's going to be that defense first 
blue liner and you need to develop those guys too. And so, you know, if you can take a guy that your scouting staff has been bullish on, if you, if you can address an area of need in your system, then it makes a ton of sense to me. Now, are there still needs? Yeah, we know Craig Conroy would love to add a young center. They haven't been able to do that yet. He he would love more first round picks. That's that's all sitting there. But on first blush, and I say this without having had an opportunity to watch Artem Grushnikov in action myself at this point, on first blush, I th- I think it's a quality return. I absolutely think it's a quality return. And leaves one more piece that needs to uh that, that needs to be moved out we know that Noah Hannafin is that piece but for now you know I the the initial return on on Twitter which is not always my go-to for how to to form the opinion but there was a lot of how how did they end up only getting this for that look here's here's what I can tell you um having talked to Craig on the phone having texted with him and a few others a little bit like there's there's no way there was a better offer on the table here. The only thing that might have been accurate is if you wait eight, nine more days, maybe you can get a little bit more. But when you're in that pocket with the way Chris Tanev plays, and from what I understand, this prospect is the guy they really were waiting on on Dallas being okay with and and Dallas rubber stamping to, to move out. When when you get the target, you, especially with the way Chris Tanev plays, you got to make the deal. And I don't know if you, based on what we heard from Craig Conroy, I don't know if a first round pick was actually going to be a. I don't know if they were going to be able to to reel that in from a Dallas or a Toronto or anywhere else. And they were getting multiple second round pick offers from around the league, and they really wanted this prospect. They had identified him for a little while, so. You go and you you once you get that prospect involved and you get the condition in there with another pick potentially, yeah, I I think you got to pull the trigger on the deal and and the Flames did just that and it, it, you know this reminds me a lot of the initial response to the Toffoli trade in that the initial response was hate across the board and then it started to turn when people started to actually give a little thought as to what's been brought back here. And it seems like on our text line that's exa- and on Twitter, that's exactly what's going on right now. You know what gives me maybe some confidence in, in the return here, and I'm going to zero in on Artem Grishnikov, is that when you're trading for a guy who was a second-round pick in, in 2021, you're still going, in addition to what your pro scouts have seen in the AHL, you're still going very much on on what his grades from your draft scouts were right your amateur staff and that amateur staff has done a dynamite job in recent years of finding young defensemen you go back to Rasmus Anderson you look at the trade up to get Oliver Shillington you look at Jeremy Poirier uh AHL all rookie teamer last year like I I think the Flames scouting staff deserves a lot of credit for the way they've been able to find some young blue liners and so if that was a guy going back to the draft that they liked at that point, that that for me right there is reason to be bullish about him. And so, you know, I, I'm excited to to get Artem Grishnikov in, into the Saddle Dome to get a look at him with the Calgary Wranglers. He doesn't sound from what we heard from Craig, from what I've been able to glean, I'm sure from what you've been able to glean from different people. He doesn't sound like a guy who's going to jump off the page for anybody. But 
you need to develop every type of player and defensive defensemen are one of them too. And I'm intrigued by this guy. I really am. And then, you know, you add a second. So yeah, you didn't get your first, but I think we thought it would just be, if they could get a first for Tanov, it was just that, right? It was Chris Tanov for a first round pick. I think that was, that was probably what I envisioned as the best case scenario. Well, two second round equivalents seems pretty comparable to a first rounder in my eyes. And that's kind of the way, and that's what I had said all along. And I remember having these conversations curious as to what the thoughts are going to be on, on phone lines when we get to that point down the road, but and we'll read some texts here in a little while too, but first round pick was like, yeah, if they could get that, that'd be great. But if they could get, a second and a third, or if they could get uh, a second and a decent prospect, a second and a good prospect. Uh, it, it sure does feel like in the Flames' minds, they got a second and a good prospect. And and Wes and I really don't know a lot about Artem Grushnikov. We can go on what Craig Conroy's told us. We can go on what some of the online scouts are saying right now, and I'll read you Aaron Vickers and, and the FC Hockey Breakdown in just a second on Grushnikov. But this is kind of the ballpark as to what I thought they were going to get. The max was going to be a first-round pick, and the ballpark was always like, yeah, they're, they're definitely going to get a second-round pick. Plus, and that's exactly what they've gotten, a second-round pick plus. So and the more I think about it, the more that this this one is very much in line. Look, the Lindholm trade is the massive grand slam, hit it out of the park. Like, they, they killed that trade. They got so much back for Lindholm because the desire for Vancouver to bring that guy in was through the roof. This was different. Tanev's a 34-year-old pending unrestricted free agent who plays a certain brand of hockey. They just... The, bar, the market, there were lots of teams involved, but what you're going to get in a trade is just going to be, it's, it's going to be a, a little bit different than what you'd see for a guy like Lindholm or what we're going to see in a trade for Noah Hannafin. But I still don't, I still think that they got a really solid return for a guy that they definitely weren't re-signing. Yeah, and, and a guy who I'm sure they're going to phone on July 1st if he gets there because that's how highly they, they think of Chris Tanov. You know, I, I mentioned this in the, the first hour of, of this emergency podcast, and I'll mention it again because I, I make good points so rarely that I <laughs> like to I like to circle back to them. But I wonder what sort of reaction this becomes in terms of trying to now move Noah Hannafin, right? Like, we, we all know what happens. The, there's a bunch of teams that just missed out on Chris Tanov. And by multiple reports, Chris Tanev was a top target for a bunch of teams. And so what's, what's the move? If you're the GM of one of those teams, well, you're circling back to see what other defensemen are available. Guess who they have to call? Craig Conroy. Yep. Because the best defenseman on the market, and no offense to Sean Walker or Matt Dumba, but by far the best defenseman on the market is Noah Hannafin. And so we talked earlier this week, buddy, about, geez, it sounds like it's been kind of a grind to to get good offers for Noah Hannafin. It sounds like without an extension, you know, he you're not getting the the sort of traction that you were expecting. You're not getting the the sort of offers that you had targeted. And yet maybe that changes with another big name off the defense market. You know, you're waiting on a team to go, okay, man, we lost we we lost out on Tanif. So who do who do we go to? Well, what happens if Matt Dumba gets traded tomorrow? That's another that's another opening for a defenseman. And suddenly 
I think that's only going to help sweeten the offers for Noah Hannafin. And, and that is, that's the next piece, right? Is, is it has to be. Noah Hannafin now is eight and a half, nine days from de- being dealt himself. And uh, where he ends up is, is going to be quite interesting. But yeah, you know, the, I, I, I sure do think that, um, I, I sure do think that the Flames have been pretty consistent in the deals that they've made here. Like the, does this not feel like it's in line with the other deals that have been made, going back to Toffoli, going back to Zadorov and, and Lindholm? Like this one feels very much in line in terms of what they're looking for. A player, they get the pick. It's about the future. They're okay with taking the player out of the lineup. I mean, of the four players they've brought back, uh, sorry, that they've traded out so far in Toffoli, um, Lindholm, Zadorov, and now this one with Tanev, they've brought back two players that are on their roster in Sharon Govich and, and Kuzmenko, and the rest have been accumulation of assets that they can either use right now or they can use when it's time to use them. Like at the 2024 draft, they can package these up and, and move them for other things. I mean, it, it, it just seems like it continues to follow the course and the path that, that Conroy set out right from the get-go. Yeah, and and perhaps most significant, at least from my vantage point, is that there's no there's no alteration on that course or that path that you mention based on recent results, right? We've we've sat across from each other all week and talked about well, what does four straight wins uh, against contending teams do? It, it it can't change Craig Conroy's course, can it? It can't change, and and no, it couldn't ever change the fact that. Chris Tanev, a guy who is going to be a UFA at age 34, was on the trade block. But what it could have changed is what sort of return you're trying to bring back. Craig Craig Conroy could have potentially insisted on getting a guy that he could put on his blue line right away. And I'm not talking about a young player. Like he could have he could have said, I need something to help on the blue line because we, we're trying to get a wild card spot. And I think you know, when you bring in a guy who's an American Hockey League rookie, when you when you bring in a second round pick, this, this is not about anything but the long term future. And that's where, as much as you can compare it to those previous trades, that's where I see the the most sort of commitment to the plan that Craig Conroy has set out for this team is that, yeah, hey, my team, those guys are playing their butt off right now, but this has to be about the big picture. This has to be a re whatever you want to call it. And what I see tonight is further commitment to that. So I'll read you this. This is from Aaron Vickers. Uh, Thanks to Vix, uh, who is listening right now, as always. Um, They, over at FC Hockey, um, Vickers is uh, the purveyor and the um, overseer of FC Hockey uh, over at NHLEntryDraft.com. They had... Grishnikov ranked as the 49th prospect overall in their 2021 draft guide. And here is what is being said um, from, sorry, I'm getting a bunch of texts. I'm just reading a bunch of things as I'm trying to read this as well. Um, Here's what's being said um, by 
FC Hockey on Grushnikov. I'll read it verbatim. Quote, Grushnikov might be the best defensive and most reliable player in the class. He shows good patience, not rushing his decisions. When the play is coming at him, he's good at keeping his opponents to the outside of the defensive zone and limiting their angle to get a shot off. He's not afraid to be physical in the corners and can win, win puck battles, which is very promising. He plays with an active stick and is good at closing off passing lanes as plays transpire. He is not afraid to block shots and battle hard in front of the net, maintaining his position so that his opponent does not gain space. However, he does tend to cross his feet too early when defending the rush. He battles hard in his own end, knowing when to commit and chase a puck into the corner and when to hold back in position. There are times when you can see him thinking about when to commit and when to not, thinking that we'll need to speed up moving forward He'll need to improve the speed of this processing. He tends to be the net front presence in his own end, battling hard and tying his man up. Well, he's definitely a defensively minded defender. When attacking the puck carrier, he does well to get stick on stick and then follow that up with his body. He's not afraid to throw his body around and get in the carrier's way. He's very quick on his edges with good movement in all four directions. While his straight line speed isn't overall impressive, he does show some intriguing movement. He has good posture from his ankles to knees and opens his hips well in his pivots. His puck moving ability is slightly lacking, however. With the puck, he tends to look to his defensive partner before looking up ice. When looking up, he tends to just dump the puck. Through the season, he proved that he has the faith of the coaches being utilized in all situations. There may not be much offensive upside with Grushnikov, but his defensive game could be one of the more intriguing in this class. The defense of ceiling could be very high and could see him rise up the draft boards. That comes from FC Hockey. Uh, he was ranked 49th in their class of 2021. That kind of sounds like um, a mini Chris Tanev in a lot of ways, doesn't it? Like when you, when reading that, that's the thing that comes to mind. You're like, oh, that guy sounds a lot like uh, Chris Tanev, hey? Yeah, and I, I was sort of thinking the same thing and not to put too much pressure on the guy, but True. When, when you hear about his penalty killing when you hear ab- about that defense first approach and that that's one of the guys you think of and it's one of the guys you think of because Chris Tanev is one of the guys who we've seen do it best here in Calgary for the last four years and I I, I asked Craig Conroy when we had him on about Tanev's impact like you can't say enough good things about Chris Tanev I, I know that this is an awfully bittersweet night at the Saddledome because that's a guy that if you could have, you you'd probably clone him four times. Like you, you'd like more Chris Tanevs, not less Chris Tanevs. But yeah, there there's a lot there's a lot to like. I I'm I'm excited to see Grishnikov, but there seems to be a lot to to like in that package. It's you know we we've laughed at things on X in the last couple of days, right? Where you see the Calgary Flames can't possibly get this for Chris Tanev because he's got. He's got only 13 points yeah. or whatever it is this season. Well, that's just like if you if you want to try to assess Artem Grushnikov based on what we've heard about him from the stats that are going to come up on Elite Prospects or Hockey DB, like mm-hmm. sounds like you'd just be missing the boat. Um, and the other the the other important thing here is that that's that's a much needed piece on a. That's a depleted Calgary Wranglers team as well. The Wranglers are going to be absolutely thrilled to have him yeah. join that blue line as well. Trent right? Cole might have just done his first career cartwheel. I bet. I bet Brad Pascal was pretty uh, was pretty fired up as as this as as he was part of these negotiations. And I, I would imagine that under the table is like we're getting an AHL guy. Is <laughs> like he can right like you know because because Pascal. 
would have been in the war room with the rest of the the hockey ops staff and and Brad Pascal, the AGM VP of Hockey Ops, is also in charge of the Calgary Wranglers. He knows how much of a grind this has been this year in terms of you know getting players and he's been bringing up call ups and tryout players and ECHL guys. It's been tough. So now a guy who's been in the American League all season, former second round pick, still a twenty year old defenseman on a blue line that has lots of youth with. You know, Solovyov's there, Kuznetsov is there, Poirier's just coming back. It's still a young blue line, but still a guy who is a bonafide AHLer this year, too. Yeah, absolutely, and, and that doesn't hurt. You know, I, I joked to Brad Pascal as I walked by him, the, the Wranglers were practicing in the other rink, so both the Flames and Wranglers were at Winsport this morning, and I, I joked as I walked by Brad Pascal, you know, there there's a lot of guys I don't recognize out there this morning because that team has been hit hard by injuries. Now, that's, a, I suppose, a bonus in this deal. The big thing, like, it's a 20-year-old defenseman. That, that's a 20-year-old a defenseman that... Look at look at who the Dallas Stars... I, I talked earlier about how much faith I have in the Calgary Flames amateur scouting staff to find good defensemen. Look at who the Dallas Stars have brought up in that defense pipeline in the past handful of seasons. And, and not just Heiskanen, because he was such a sky-high pick, but... Look at the way that they have bolstered their blue line through the draft. You don't, you don't think grabbing a guy that they thought was worthy of a second round pick is a good gamble? Yeah. Well, I mean, you take a look at who who's playing on that blue line. That's right what now. I mean. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, and one of the teams, and this is the other thing that's really important. And we'll we'll get to the Dallas side of it shortly too, and then we'll get to your text at nine sixty nine sixty. But you know, one of the things that's really important here is that. Dallas is one of the league's best drafting teams under Jim Nill. Like they have done, I mean, we've talked about that one draft where they got Haskin in and they got Ottinger and they got the one other player. Now I can't remember who it is. Oh, uh, Jason Robertson. They got Robertson, Haskin in and Ottinger all in the same draft. You don't do that just because you aren't any good. Right. And, and you don't have like the, the stars have done a really good job at drafting. I mean, we take a look at Stankoven and Maverick Bork and, you know, so, I think you can also trust that Dallas's record in doing this has been very, very good. Here's the other part, and this is also, I think, pretty important. You know, we talk about what Calgary's getting. Is this not just a perfect fit for the Dallas Stars? Like, let's talk about it on the other side. This is a win for Dallas, too, and and we'll find out how this turns out for the Flames, and we can't really I, – I don't mind the return at all. I think they've done a good job – in, in maximizing a 34-year-old defenseman. But then what the Stars are getting, like they're, they're getting a perfect fit as they try to go on a deep playoff run, aren't they? Yeah, it feels that way. I, I'm trying to think back to when we did our Valentine's Day matchmaker because one of the, the sort of stats that we had in there was how many left-handers they're playing on their blue line as well, right? And so this is, uh, this is a really nice fit. I, I, here's the thing about Chris Tanev. Can you think of a team that could have acquired him that we would have said he wouldn't be a really nice fit for. Like this is a guy who has the ability to play up and down your pairings. You know, if you need him to play first pairing minutes, he's proven he can do it. If you, if you want him to play on your third pair and be a penalty kill ace, I, you know, he's not going to be the guy moping around the locker room, probably go out that night, block a shot with his chin. Like this, this guy was going to be a fit wherever, but I think this is a really savvy addition for the Dallas Stars. And they, like, I, I don't mind the return one bit from the Flames side, but the Dallas Stars tonight are going to be celebrating the fact that they added a versatile, 
veteran, super widely respected defenseman and didn't give up someone off their active roster. Yep. And and that's in part because I don't think that's what the Calgary Flames were looking for. But the Dallas Stars are paying 25% of Chris Tanev's salary for the rest of the season. Didn't subtract. Like, how do you not like this deal from their standpoint, too? Yep. Uh, take a break. As we continue along, it is, um, hey, it's a little emergency edition of your Flames Talk podcast. Flames Talk underway with Pat and Wes, Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, hey, this is bonus trade deadline coverage as well. And our trade deadline coverage is brought to you by Calgary Lock and Safe. This season, trade up to all-star levels of security with cutting-edge locking hardware, master key systems, and access control solutions. It's time to make a strategic move and secure your destiny. Visit calgarylockandsafe.com. Anything and everything Calgary Flames. It's all on Flames Talk. Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Let's continue along with some bonus coverage after the Flames have sent Chris Tanev to the Dallas Stars. And it actually turned out to be a pretty complicated three-way deal with New Jersey as well. Uh, the Flames, though, are getting a 2024 second-round pick. Defense prospect Artem Grushnikov. There's also a conditional third-round pick in there that will transfer from Dallas to Calgary if the Stars make the Stanley Cup Finals. It's Pat Steinberg along with you. Let's say hello to uh, NHL insider Frank Saravalli, who joins us now from Daily Faceoff and DailyFaceoff.com. And uh, you were uh, you were all over this one, Frank, and uh, we're uh, grinding to get all the details on it. Mm-hmm. How uh, how'd this all come about from what you're able to understand? How did Calgary, Dallas, and New Jersey come together on this deal Wednesday? Well, I think from the Flames' perspective, the Stars were one of the teams that had been most active in the Tanev situation or uh, run up to it. And I'm told that they were actually pretty close on a deal, I think, 10 days ago. And it just... I don't know. I don't think there was any disagreement. It just never got to the final stages. And this time they were able to pull it off. Uh, this, the second round pick, a lot of teams had one on the table. Um, they're able to get that conditional third, which is nice. Uh, a lot needs to happen. The Stars need to win three rounds to get there. But if you're a, you're a Flames fan, if your team doesn't make the playoffs, that's who you'll be rooting for. And oddly enough, that's the team I picked to win the Stanley cup this year from the preseason. So maybe I'll get one right for a change. (laughs) And um, I think when it comes to the prospect that they're getting back, Artem Grushnikov, I mean, you're really looking at a lottery ticket here. Could be something might not. It's funny. I, I will. I, uh, I'm, I'm loath to give you credit. No, I kid. Uh, you right from the get go, were pretty skeptical that a first round pick was coming back for Tanev. Hey. Yeah. And look, um, it's not a knock against him. It's just the history of the market. There's only so few players over the last 10 years that have delivered first round picks at the deadline from defensemen. 34-year-old rental, doesn't have a long injury history. And in fact, we've talked about how durable he's been. He's played in 93% of the games that he possibly could have for the Calgary Flames during the the four-year contract. I mean, that's about as impressive as it gets. Um, But with where his game is at right now, I think a lot of teams saw him as a number four defenseman. He can be impactful. 
And I think from the Stars' perspective, what they like most about this deal is that he just brings a different element. That team in Dallas, the, that defense core, they move the puck like nobody's business. They're fast. They can all skate. And they don't have anyone – I don't want to say that's a true defender because that's not fair – um, but they don't have anyone that's going to be eating pucks the way that Chris Tanev does. And that's certainly a different element that he brings, a different style to inject into that Stars team that really isn't missing a whole lot. The New Jersey edition and bringing them in to turn this from the Flames retaining 50% of Tanev to actually the Stars getting 75% of Tanev's $4.5 billion cap hit retained. How, how, did that, how did that enter the equation from what you understand? Well, the, the Stars wanted to make that happen. Um, they wanted to try and reduce the cap number as much as possible so that they could leave the door open for anything else that they might want to do. So that was part of it. Um, when it comes to brokering the deal, Craig Conroy and, and Tom Fitzgerald are close. Uh, it's an easy partner to find. And more than that, New Jersey just had a ton of LTIR space that's use or lose. It's more than they could ever probably trade for at this deadline period. And, they're grinding away to try and find some fits, particularly in net. Obviously, the Flames and, and Devils have been in contact when it comes to, to Markstrom. So the lines of communication have been open. And it's a really smart thing for New Jersey to get involved in and be a third-party broker because they retain salary. So they basically buy a fourth-round pick with their cap space. And you never know what you could use that for. New Jersey could turn around next week and throw that pick into another deal that they're working on as extra collateral that, you know, you didn't have to give up anything to get. From your understanding, did did the Flames retaining 50% on, on Tanev, did that up the price in that regard? Like, was that, uh, was that what helped them get this prospect in the deal? I'm curious how the 50% retention kind of factors in to the return Calgary's getting here in, in your understanding. Yeah, I don't think it factored in a huge way. It might have increased the quality of the prospect or got the Flames where they needed to get to. Um, but I think part of this situation for so many teams at the cap, I mean, there's only so few that would take on the player in full that I think this was always part of the design would, would be that Calgary would be trying to retain to maximize the return as much as they could. What is, uh, what is your overall impression? Like as you, uh, as, as you were piecing everything together and as you were putting it all together, what, what's your overall impression of, of how the Flames, uh, I think we know how Dallas did. I mean, Dallas is going to be loving this. They haven't given up anything on their active roster to, to bring a Chris Tanev in. He's just going to make them that much better. But from a Flame standpoint, they were the group that was moving out the most coveted asset in this conversation. How, how, how do the Flames make out from your opinion? I think they did well. I think it was solid. I mean, here's the thing. I would argue that when you're looking at the Flames and whatever you end up with on the other side of March 8th at 2 p.m. Mountain Time, judge Craig Conroy and his team on how they did based on the sum of all the trades. Mm -hmm. Don't nitpick. Don't look at each deal in a vacuum. But instead, go back to the Toffoli deal in the summer 
and you go to Foley, then Zadarov, then then um, Lindholm, now Tanev, and then Hannafin when that gets done. And you say, okay, five pending unrestricted free agents, five guys who were either not going to sign here or not part of the long-term core of this team, guys that very likely were moving on anyway. This is the return that we've gotten, and this is how the Flames can jumpstart what, where they're going next. I think that's the best way to look at it is the sum totality of everything that they get. What? Uh, so now where does this leave the flames on the Noah Hannafin conversation? You and I just talked on Tuesday, so it's only been like 28 hours since we last spoke about this, but where, where does this leave the flames and Noah Hannafin is their last clear piece that they'll be moving between now and the deadline. I can't believe it's only Wednesday, by the way. I know. I, I said yesterday, I was like, is it seriously only Tuesday? <laughs> um, it's been that kind of week. There's been lots happening. Um, where does it leave the Flames with Hannafin? I think the easy answer is this really frees up Craig Conroy to focus all of his attention. And I think that's one of the really nice things about getting this Tanev deal out of the way is there was a lot and has been a lot on his plate. Now you can really dive in on just that specifically and you can make something happen. This is not an easy deal. I mentioned to you yesterday, the term that I used is the Hannafin camp has more or less hijacked this situation. Mm -hmm. It's probably not a pleasant situation for the flames to be in because they feel like they have the premier rental defenseman available on the market and they do, and they want to get a huge return for him. Um, but we'll see what happens. I, there's no guarantee that um, when this all shakes out that Hannafin ends up getting traded to a team that he wants to re-sign with. The Flames hold that right. The problem is what will the return be and how scared off will some of those teams that are knowingly going into this, getting just a rental player, will they back out? What, what, how does this look like moving forward? I think they've got their work cut out for them, but now it can get Craig Conroy's undivided attention. The uh, and, and the the last thing that I'll I'll bounce off you is, and it's funny because you know we had the conversation Tuesday about about the Hannafin situation and and how you know it's it's been a real grind to make this happen because as you mentioned, there's been so much power pressure exerted from the Hannafin camp, despite the fact he's a pending unrestricted free agent. It's almost as if um, it's almost as if in at this stage, you know, if you're Craig Conroy, you're kind of playing rental teams off one another and whatever that list of teams is that Hannafin's willing to extend with, you're trying to see if you can play those groups off of one another. It's almost like you're working with two different markets in a lot of ways, isn't it? Yeah, it's not easy. And the problem is a lot of the teams that are supposedly on the Hannafin list, and I don't have the full idea or picture of it, but it definitely includes the two teams um, in Florida. But what I would say is those teams that would be potentially on the list, not all of them have assets, you know, a, a plentiful stack of assets to make something happen to speak nothing of the cap space and gymnastics that might go into it. So it, it's, it's going to be a grind, I think, to get this Hannafin deal done. Not saying it won't happen. Of course it will. 
Um, but let's see where this goes. Uh, and before we uh, before we let you go, you were uh, you were busy prior to this as well. Some significant news out of Vancouver on the Elias Pettersson front. It's funny on Tuesday when we talked about Pettersson, you're like. Nothing leads me to believe that he wants out of Vancouver. And like 24 hours later, we're getting news that significant progress has been made on a long-term extension, hey? Yeah, it's quite the development. And I think it just goes to show you to not jump to conclusions about that. That market's been on fire for the last three days. And, and rightfully so. I mean, this is such a key piece and part of what they do. They've been wanting to get this done for a long time. And I'm told that in the last 48 to 72 hours, there's been significant major developments on that front, all in a positive way. It's trending towards what I believe will be an eight-year contract extension. Not done yet. Lots of work still to do, but seems like something that could be announced in the next few days, which would be just a huge huge piece of business off the Canucks plate, not just for now, but for the foreseeable future that then I think allows you to get really creative about what you do with the rest of your team as it relates to the trade deadline. You know, you've got the potential knowing what your numbers look like in a way more complete way. If you can get it done to maybe go out and trade for players that have term that you might want to fit in. It'd be hard to envision what that math looks like, but you never know what this opens up. And so Vancouver has been one of the most aggressive, if not the most aggressive team in the last calendar year. Their success is owed a lot to that. And now the Canucks could potentially be in a prime position to be Mm -hmm. a long-term Stanley Cup contender the next six to eight, ten years. Appreciate the time, Frank. Thanks for jumping on short notice and uh, good work on this Wednesday. You've been a busy boy. Uh, Thanks for taking a little bonus time with us today, hey? My pleasure. More to come. (laughs) Yeah, and uh, probably more involving the Flames to come as well. Frank Saravalli, Daily Faceoff, dailyfaceoff.com on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. Okay, Steinberg along with you on Flames Talk. Little bonus edition of Flames Talk after the Chris Tanev trade. Here is the... Well, I'm just going to read... Going to go uh, text for text. Just read some text at 960-960. See what the uh, pulse is out there on this one. Kind of think at first it was a pretty mixed reaction. Feels like on our text line anyway, more and more positives are starting to uh, flow in on this deal that saw the Flames acquire a second-round pick. Prospect defenseman Artem Grishnikov uh, and a conditional third-round pick from the Dallas Stars. That is a 2026 third-round pick that only transfers to Calgary if the Stars advance to the Stanley Cup Finals. And who the hell knows? I mean, with Tanev there, I don't think it's completely out of the question that could happen. Imagine if you're a Flames fan, you're now hoping for a... Vancouver Dallas Stanley Cup final with Dallas advancing to the Stanley Cup final because the Flames also get a that third round pick turns to a set or whatever it was the the pick the conditional pick in the Lindholm trade gets better it turns from a fourth to a third if the Canucks make the Western Conference final and if they're playing Dallas and then Dallas beats them then they get the third round pick in this deal so i guess that, that would be the um perfect scenario right now if you're a Flames fan text line 96960 uh this says 
Wishing Chris Tanev all the best. His leadership will be missed. Suddenly, I'm rooting for Dallas to win a cup. They're a definite contender. And would it not be great to see Tanev win a cup there? That comes from Mike, a Flames fan from the Stampede Corral days. Uh, this says, I honestly don't mind the trade. People are too short-minded. Dallas has an excellent scouting staff, and that prospect is high reviews. It's up to Calgary to hit on that second-round pick. What else can you ask for from a 34-year-old pending UFA? Uh, this says, boys, first off, there's no adequate words to thank and sum up what Tanev meant to the Flames organization as well as the fan base. A player of character, a true warrior, and one heck of a leader. I know he deserves a chance at a cup, and I truly hope the Stars win it for his sake. Nevertheless, it's still a sad day. Um, this says... Uh, 969.60. This is from Sam. Pat, really going to miss Tanev. Do I think this is a sexy deal? By no means. But to me, it's very promising that Conroy staying the course and looking at the future, not the current hazy remaining quarter of the season. What Flames fans have to remember the last few drafts, the Stars have hit some home runs on players. Haskinen, Robertson, etc. Perhaps Grishnikov could be a future stud also. Thank you for a great four years, Tanev. All the best in Dallas. That comes from Sam. This reads, a great trade for Tanev, a 34-year-old with injury issues. I love Tanev and sad to see he's gone. Two second-round picks and a possible third, and one of the second-round picks has been, uh, I don't know what that word is, um, but they have additional book on this prospect is essentially what the text is saying. Uh, this reads, Grishnikov sounds like a young Tanev. Uh, this says Artem was a mid-second rounder. The first they would get would be a late first rounder, so not enormously different, especially this year, plus the second they got as well. Seems okay to me. Uh, what else we got here at 960-960? Who do you think replaces Tanev in the lineup? Well, probably right from the get-go, Gilbert comes back in. I wonder in the time being between now and when Noah Hannafin gets traded or now in the trade deadline, I certainly wonder if they would split Uyghur and Anderson up and go with, um, if they were to uh, go with, you know, because now you've got those two right shots. You've just lost a right shot defense. So maybe you go Uyghur, Anderson, Pahal as your three right shots and go Shillington, Hannafin as your two left shots and break them up that way, bring Gilbert back in. Like, could you go Gilbert Pahal as your third pairing, go Shillington, Uyghur, and Hannafin Anderson? I could definitely see something like that. So my guess would be Gilbert would be the guy that comes back in. Osterley's there as well. Osterley, both Osterley and Gilbert can play either side. Osterley's played more of the right side, though, but my guess is Gilbert would be the guy uh, that comes in instead. Uh, this says, Patton West, I'm stoked with this return. Sounds like Artem will be a great compliment to Poirier, Moran, and Bristavich. Love the fact Conroy's got a plan. I trust him completely. That comes from Chris in Lethbridge. Uh, this reads, what would they get for Hannafin? If they can get this for Tanev, then a first rounder would have to be on the table. Also, if this guy turns out to be a Shillington, then that would be huge. Well done, Connie. Um, and, and I don't think there's any doubt. I, I mean, I, I think there would be a little bit more criticism depending on a prospect that, that might come that, that might come back. But you know, if, if Hannafin goes and there's no first round pick involved, I think that opens things up for a little bit more criticism. Tanev, 
a first-round pick was the high ceiling. And yes, I thought there was a chance they could extract that from somewhere and that somebody would budge. That didn't happen. Obviously, I'm not involved in the deal, so how the hell do I actually know if they could have? But, you know, you thought, you know, with this player, good market, maybe they could. But I thought a first-round pick was going to be it, not a first-plus, and that was the ceiling. The ballpark was a second-round pick plus, and they are swinging in that ballpark. They just got a second-round pick plus a guy who was drafted in the second round two and a half years ago. So it, it feels like very much in the ballpark of, of what many of us were expecting Tanev to get the Flames back in return. Uh, this reads, people overvalue a first-round pick, especially when it's likely to be 25th or higher. I would rather get a guy who I've been able to scout, especially against professional men, not amateurs. I'd trust my scouts, get a guy three years ahead of a draft pick this summer, and go with that over the unknown of a late first-round pick in a relatively weak draft five years away from being any help. Uh, this reads, I like this deal. I like the idea of trading for prospects over picks as well. Prospect gives you more clarity on the player you're getting. They're further along their development so you can better forecast the probability of them making the jump to the show. This reads, cautiously optimistic. Dallas knows how to draft, and more D prospects are always good. This reads, another point worth noting. What does it cost to develop a player to the maturity of getting close to NHL quality? Uh, this reads... At 960-960, Patton West, I'm going to miss Tanev. I was hoping they were trying to get Maverick Bork, a top center prospect of the Stars, and maybe they were. I mean, I'm sure that they asked about Stankovin and Bork, but I don't think, I mean, Stankovin in a Tanev deal never seemed realistic. Maybe in a Hannafin trade, depending on what the market was like, but in a Tanev deal, that never really seemed realistic. Sorry, my uh, voice is failing. I um, just want to make sure that I got a little swig in there. But, um, yeah, doesn't really feel like um, Stankovin or Bork in a Tanev deal would have ever been realistic. Uh, Kirk in Huntington Hills says, yes, they didn't get the first rounder, but they got uh, age range they were looking for. A defenseman did a lot of homework to investigate the young man on character traits they were looking for. Possible two lottery tickets in the draft. It looks like they're collecting currency. And look how much the prospect pool for D-men has increased since the trades of UFAs. They've brought in Siniev, Bristavich, and now Grishnikov. Conroy has shored up the prospects on defense. I like it. They got nothing for Gaudreau. This was a prudent move. Tanev was awesome for the Flames. Go Flames, go. Um, and yeah, I mean, they, they definitely have uh, done a very nice job. Uh, Suniev, by the way, is a, a forward, not a defenseman. But I, I get the, uh, you were probably, I mean, that did come over in the Toffoli trade, but he is a defenseman. Uh, sorry, he is a winger. But I, I think when you're talking about it, they, they have done a good job of shoring up their defense and adding to their defense prospects. Prestavich joins Poirier and Moran, and now Grishnikov. And there's four that are right all in and around the same age range of kind of that 19, 20-year-old defenseman, and all of them somewhat promising. Uh, this reads, horrible trade by the rookie GM. Top blocking defense in the league and keep half of his salary. That comes from Ruben. This comes from Kelly and Copperfield. Guys, I was one who was expecting more in return. I'm underwhelmed. If this is all they got, why not wait? They could have been better to sit Tanev and wait. Tanev's worth a lot more, just my thoughts. Uh, this says, 
I'm seeing a dividing attention from the Flames fans. Some like it, some not so much. Um, and that, that, is, that was especially early on. There was a lot of back and forth on this one. This says, considering Tanev's a 34-year-old UFA who's had injury problems in the past, the return isn't all that bad. I feel like the fan base will be more excited about the return after seeing Arden play with the Wranglers, which is absolutely going to, uh, is going to happen. Um, this reads, Pat, decent trade. I didn't think they were going to get a first for a rental. Do you think we see this new defenseman in the lineup or does he go straight to the Wranglers? Right to the Wranglers to start with. And the Wranglers and Brad Pascal, their GM, Trent Call, their head coach, they're very excited to get Grishnikov into the conversation. So, yeah, uh, he's going to go right to the Wranglers to start with. And who knows, down the road, maybe we do end up seeing him in the NHL lineup at some point this year. Uh, this says not over the moon about the return, but not mad about it either. A second, a prospect, and another conditional pick really is decent value. But do you have an explanation on how a guy like Ben Sherratt got a first rounder plus in previous years near the deadline and the Flames couldn't? I mean, the only explanation I have is that different years, different markets. I think that the market for rental defensemen has come down since then. I mean, the Ben Sherratt deal does not look good on Florida in hindsight. I mean, as much as we talk about NHL GMs never learning, NHL GMs learn and teams learn. And that Sherratt acquisition from Florida doesn't look so good in hindsight, right? They give up a lot for him, didn't really get much out of it. And I think that things like that in the past have kind of shaped, and I think Tanev's a better D-man than Sherratt. I really do. But different markets as years progressed. That was a few years ago that Sherrod got a first-round pick, right? Uh, this from Joseph in Calgary. Conroy's four for four, always getting more back than giving. Way to go, Connie. This from Andy and Cochran. I like the trade. An older veteran to help a team like Dallas. In return, they get a prospect who's also a D-man and is in the right direction of working his way into the NHL. A first-round pick was too far-fetched, but I'm glad Tanev's going to a playoff team. Not a contender, but a playoff team. Conroy continues to do good work as his first year as GM. That's from Andy and Cochran. Honestly, I mean, Stars are a contender. They look like a bona fide Stanley Cup contender right now. Um, this reads, I thought Tanev could have fetched a first, but a second and a prospect is close enough. In my opinion, it's nitpicky, but I would have loved that conditional third being a fifth that could say escalate to a fourth for a Dallas conference final visit and a third for a cup final, maybe a second for a cup win. I mean, sure. I, I guess that does seem a little nitpicky. I won't lie. Uh, Drew says, sounds like the prospect might have the chance to have a Tanev-like career. All good. Need D that can play no matter what. In this year's draft, a second might be better than usual. Time for scouts to buck up. I like the trade. Um, this reads for a rental. Sounds like Connie did a good job. Alex from Ottawa says, I like that the prospect is 20 and a defensive D, potential younger replacement that is closer to an NHL-ready player than another draft pick, but also one that is a defense first, potentially. Selfishly, I'm not sure any trade would feel like enough because of how much we all love 
Tanev. Overall, I'm glad they wound up with a prospect that's already in the American League as well as a draft pick, but I'm going to miss Tanev. Thanks for everything. Best of luck. There you go at 969.60. Lots of response on the Chris Tanev deal on this Wednesday night. It's our Flames Talk bonus coverage of the Chris Tanev trade. It's uh, trade deadline coverage as well. Our trade deadline coverage brought to you by four great sponsors this year, including SML Entertainment. Visit the new showroom on Center Street just north of Glenmore Trail and check out luxurious hot tubs and top-of-the-line pool tables. SML Entertainment, where the fun never stops. Talking your team right now. Flames Talk is on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Little emergency edition of Flames Talk. The Flames sending Chris Tanev to the Dallas Stars in exchange for a 2024 second round pick. Defense prospect Artem Grushnikov. There's also a conditional third round pick in 2026 in there as well. And that'll do it for Chris Tanev's time and almost four complete Warrior seasons as a member of the Flames. The pending UFA stays in the Western Conference. He's off to the Dallas Stars. And the guy who made the deal on the Flames side of things is general manager Craig Conroy. It's Pat Steinberg, Wes Gilbertson along with you. Uh, Connie, really appreciate the time. Just uh, tell us how this one all came about and how we got to the point of uh, you finalizing a deal with the Dallas Stars here. You know, I think it's like anything. You're talking to all the teams. You're going through uh, what's out there, what's available, uh, interest level. And I think when it just came to, you know, the last week or so, you're really trying to get down to, okay, what, you know, you, you have a lot of hypotheticals. What if we do this? What if we do that? But, you know, what are the real offers? And, you know, you kind of go to each team and say, you know, we're, we're looking to make it the deal now. Um, and when we kind of been looking at all the deals and what's out there and what, what kind of return we're going to get, we just felt like to get uh, a young player, an asset in Artem, uh, Grishnikov, uh, was, was a guy we really liked. I had the pro guys in, our, our amateur staff, you know, right to our development guys all watching, uh, you know, Texas Stars. And, you know, for sure, you're, you're always trying to work on players. And, and one of the guys we identified that if we could get in a deal, that this would make sense. And, you know, talking to Jim Neal, he did not want to give him up. But, uh, you know, we, we, we wanted him. You know, you're, you're, you're just going back and forth. You're pushing for, for players on different sides. And, you know, when we were able to get Artem, the second and uh, the conditional, you know, chance to get a conditional third, it, it just made the most sense for, for us right now. So to clarify, the uh, conditional third-round pick transfers to you only if Dallas wins the Stanley Cup, correct? If Dallas makes the finals. If Dallas makes the finals. Okay, so it's not wins yeah. the Stanley Cup. If Dallas makes the Stanley Cup finals, uh, you will get that conditional third-round pick in 2026. Okay, appreciate the clarity there. And and 50% retention uh, on your side for Chris Tanev as well. Tell us about uh, Tell us about how that factors into this deal from your side. Well, you know, I mean, it's just at this time of year, you just, the teams you talk to, every team, um, I spoke to, they were, they were going to need the same. I mean, that was one of the, the parts. So, you know, you're trying to get a little more value out of uh, the retention. And, you know, in the end, when, when we are looking what we need, where we're trying to go, move forward, uh, you know, the, the draft picks are always great, but to, to actually get a player back that will, you know, will, that we feel it, over time, he's a developing, he's still young. I don't want to put too much pressure on him, but 
he uh, he's a solid. He knows what he is as a player. You know, I think that's what I like about him. He he plays hard. He's a great penalty killer, uh, defensive defenseman, good puck mover, but he plays within himself. I mean, he doesn't seem to know what he is, and, and he does it uh, really, really well. And to be a you know 20-year-old in the American League, uh, he's having a good year. I know the numbers aren't going to uh, pop, but you have guys like Jeremy Poirier and Hunter, offensive guys. This is yeah. a, a perfect complement to a, to a players like that. And and you said that the uh, the pro scouts have been kind of targeting him for quite some time. Yeah, I, you know, once once we kind of talked to Dallas, we made it a point to to get in and really watch watch them quite a bit. So I had almost, I think, even development guys were in just to to kind of see where Artem's development is compared to to what we have and where we think he fits in, and you know, kind of timeline. So I mean, we we did a lot of homework on him, and you know, the one thing I think uh, the type of person he is, what we got in the background, he wants to be a player. I mean, he's he's, you know, from where he's kind of come, I know there's a story out there about him driving a taxi cab to help raise money for his family, but talking to, to people that had him, you know, in the OHL, he, he's going to do whatever it takes to be a player. And, and that's what you like to hear. You know, he, he does all the extra. He's in the gym. He's, he's out after practice. He just, you know, this, this is his goal and, and this is what he wants to do. So they said it's, it's going to be hard to keep him out of the NHL. So, you know, that's, those are the nice things you hear, and, and that's what you're looking for when you're doing all the background checks to make sure, uh, you know, we talk about culture and what we want to bring in, and, and he sounds like a great fit. You know, obviously talked to him tonight, and he seemed very excited, and I, I can't wait to meet him in person here in the next couple of days. We're John with Craig Conroy, Flames general manager, is with us following a Chris Tanev deal with the Dallas Stars, Steinberg and Wes Gilbertson along with you on this Wednesday night. Chris, Chris, sorry, Craig, there's a lot going on here. Uh, I wanted to ask you about Chris. Can you can you just speak to his impact in, in four seasons with the Calgary Flames? Uh, I can't say enough about Chris. I mean, he's, he's one of the, uh, just a true professional and great person to be around. I mean, we've been fortunate to have him here for four years and, you know, he'll be greatly missed. I mean, he really will. I mean, in that locker room, I mean, we all watch him, what he does on the ice, but it's it's how he leads off the ice and, and the type of person he is. I mean, that's you can't put a price tag on that. He's uh, he's just he's been a real stabilizer and a great, great for our young guys too. I mean, that's the one thing. So you know, other than being a warrior night in and night out, this you guys don't even know what he's probably played with and without. But you know, even when he took the shot in the face this year and, and come right back, uh, he was ready to practice the next day. It's uh, you can't say enough about what he's done for the organization and thank him for that over the f- last four years. I was going to ask you about that next part, and you mentioned the the young guys. What do you hope? whether it's in a Rasmus Anderson or an Oliver Shillington or, or whoever it might be, what do you hope the sort of lasting impact of getting to watch and play alongside Chris Tanna for the past three and a half years is for some of those young guys that are, are still here and, and still part of your core? Well, that's what you want them to aspire to, to be like Chris. I mean, to watch him go to work day in and day out in the gym, on the ice, in practice. Never took, he never takes a shift off in a game. He never takes a shift off in practice. I mean, he's out there. He's blocking, even blocking shots in practice. He's going to do whatever it takes. And just the work ethic. I mean, I think 
if if I want those young guys to say, I remember what Chris did. He did this, this, this. That's the way I felt with Al McKinnis, watching him when I was in St. Louis, you know, seeing the older veteran guys that, okay, you know what? It's not good enough what I'm doing. I got to do more, just like Chris did, you know, and that's how I felt with Al McKinnis. So that's what you hope those guys, and those guys have been around him a long time, and then you want them to pass it on to the young guys coming coming up. Uh, Craig, just before we let you go, we really appreciate the time. I know it's been, uh, I know it's been a busy day, of course. Um, just w- when you, when you now look back on this deal and, and getting to this point, you, you talked about, you know, going back and, and checking in with different teams. How, how coveted was Chris? Like what, what type of interest was there league wide around this player and, and what he could potentially do for another team? Yeah, uh, you know, I think any any team would be happy. I mean, I had teams that were um, not in the playoffs call. I mean, so there was there was lots of calls, and you know, obviously he has he had a no trade list, and uh, you know, but the one thing about Chris is, you know, every everybody would like to have a Chris Tanev on their team for sure. So there was there was lots of lots of interest. Nine days now until the trade deadline. Just where, what's your what's your mindset as we move another deal made by your group as we move towards the March eighth trade deadline? What's uh, what's the Craig Conroy mindset now after moving out Chris Tanev? You know we're we're still staying the course. I mean we just you know we're trying to you know obviously hey the guys are are here and you know we want to make the playoffs. I mean, they're saying it night in and night out and they're, they're, they're proving it with their play. So I know that, I know this will be a big loss, but I still believe in all those guys in the room and, you know, we'll just continue to do what we do upstairs and they'll, they'll continue to be pros on the ice. And that's the last question I'd ask for of you. Just how impressed with your group have you been amidst uh, some real potential distractions and all of what's going on and, a few players who have departed over the last little while here they are still fighting the way they're fighting. No, I, I can't, you know what we got, we got a great group of guys down there and they, they believe in each other and, and they, you know, they're, I don't, I don't expect anything less from the group. I mean, that's the one thing I think, you know, people want to say different things and, but I, I know, I know the character that's down there and the type of people that are down there and you know, it all starts right with Backland and, and he's going to, he's going to lead these guys no matter who's out there, you know, we have injuries. You always lose players. So, you know, we're just the next guy up and, and we move forward. Appreciate the time, Connie. Have a good rest of your Wednesday and uh, we'll see you soon. Hey. Okay. Th- thanks, Pat. You guys have a great night. Flamestock is on the air and streaming on the Sportsnet mobile app. Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Calgary. Right now, let's say hello to the newest member of the Calgary Flames organization. Artem Grushnikov joins us now after being acquired on this Wednesday night from the Dallas Stars. Artem, it's uh, Pat here in Calgary. Really appreciate the time. How uh, how are you doing tonight? Um, I'm a little shocked because uh, I do my routine before game for Texas. I, I was on uh, warm-up and the coach is just coming to me and say like uh, this news. So uh, um, I'm really excited. I'm so excited for this stuff. And yeah. So you were you were getting ready for tonight's game. How how close to game time was it? Um, it was like thirty minutes before game. 
Okay. That's why, yeah, yeah, I was almost almost going on ice, and after I get scratched. <laughs> how how much of a shock is it when you hear the news? Uh, it's yeah, it was emotional. You know, especially for me, it's my first like like. I'm I'm young player and uh, this stuff happens for me. It's my first year in pro, and when it happened, I was so like emotional and surprised. And how I say, yeah, I'm I'm so excited. I want to say thank you for Dallas Stars for what they did for me, and uh, yeah, thank you a lot. And I'm so excited to be part of Calgary. So when you when you find out. What's the first thing that goes through your head? Is it the excitement right away, or is it the the shock that hits you first? Uh, it's hard to explain. You know, it's uh, it's a little confusing. You hear it, what's the, what's uh, manager say to you, and you like you you don't know what's answer because how I say um, it's. It's new for me, and I'm I'm a rookie in this stuff, and, and uh, yeah, I'm a, I was so surprised, and uh, I'm so excited right now. How so come? Excited. How come so excited, Artem? <laughs> um, I don't know how to explain it. I don't know how to explain it. It's uh, it's 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 I don't know it's it's. It's great club it's a big history, you know, like, and uh, it's, yeah, I'm, I'm just so excited. We are speaking to Artem Grushnikov, now of the Calgary Flames. Artem, how has the first season in, uh, first full season with the Texas Stars gone for you? How have you felt about your season? It's, go- it's going, it's going well, so, um, how I say it's my rocky year, and um, all people and all guys who share with Webs coach and uh, everyone try help growing rockies. It's so fun. It's so fun. Hockey is fun, and uh, I'm really, I'm really like it. What I do. What has been the biggest difference from playing with Hamilton and and now playing with Texas? Uh, it's a pro week. It's way quicker, harder, stronger. It's a lot of. It's yeah. It's it's uh, you playing versus pro pro people, and uh, it's um, you know you need to be better. You need to work every day harder, stronger for for the the, the system and be best. Try try the best. Try the best. You've been you've been in North America now for a few years. You you came over and joined Hamilton in 2021. Uh, just, I'm just curious as to how you made the decision to join the Hamilton Bulldogs and and uh, how how you made the decision to come to North America. Oh yeah. So um, first of all, my dream is to win Stanley Cup when I was kids. And uh, when I was draft, drafted in uh, Hamilton, um, I just going, and uh, you know what? It was 
so like first couple months it was hard time for me because I'm I'm not speaking English like like I all what I know in that time it's only high how are you now I can yeah. speak a little bit and uh, I want to say uh, I want to say thank you for Hamilton Bulldogs organization for uh, because they helped me for everything they do offer me what I need for growing for learning and um, yeah also yeah, I, also I want to say thank you for Dallas Stars because they do same for me and uh, yeah your first year in North America you go all the way to the Memorial Cup with the Hamilton Bulldogs how just how special an experience was that for you <laughs> it's a uh, it was big emotion. Uh, it was big emotion. For my, it's my first uh, big win. I mean, uh, I mean, not about Memorial Cup. I talk about OHL. OHL. Cup. Uh, yes. And uh, after we go to Memorial Cup, it was like it was something new for me too. And uh, you know, like you feeling so excited when the, you know you're playing versus best best teams in uh, Canada and it was yeah it was so good time for me and I will remember it for all my life and um, yeah it's it's a good time but I'm 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 sad because you know we lost in the final but it was a really good experience and I I think I don't don't forget this time in my life Artem how would you describe yourself as a player? Um, you know, like I'm, I'm a guy who who like it work, <laughs> who like it work. Hockey, hockey is uh, it's my style in my in my life, and uh, I just I just do all for for growing myself. How I can how I can say about my game, I. I'm hard defenseman and uh, work hard. I try like move back quick, like you know, like I try. I just try best what I can for team and for my teammates. Have you had a chance to chat with the Calgary Flames yet? Uh yes. Uh, I talked with the uh, general manager. Yep, Calgary. Yep. And um, yeah, it was it was good call for me too, and um, I'm so excited to meet for with all all people who work in the organization in Calgary. So yeah, it was it was good good call. Uh, it's kind of, you know it's bring me a lot of emotion, and yeah, how I said before, I'm excited. They are very excited to to bring you in. They're very excited to have you. How how does that make you feel that another team is really happy to bring you in? Uh, wow, it's uh, <laughs> it's hard to explain. You know, when uh, when um, big big club, big history. Um, Wanna to play in this club? Um, 
I'm I'm really excited about it. Hey, Artem, you did uh, you did a great job speaking English live on the radio. You uh, you did a great job, my friend. I know that you are. Uh, so there's a lot going through your head. So thank you for doing this. Hey, and uh, really good job. That was awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye. Have a good day. Bye. That is uh, the newest member of the Calgary Flames, Artem Grushnikov. I give I give that man like I give him a ton of credit for being able to do that. Um, obviously, phone connection not the best. Tough to probably understand me a on the phone, b in his second or third or fourth language, what language or whatever it may be. Uh, did a heck of a job. Well done. And hey. He seems genuinely, like, obviously he's shocked, but he seems genuinely excited to be a member of the Calgary Flames. So, uh, very neat, and uh, thanks to Sean Kelso over at the Flames for hooking that up, and thanks to Artem for spending some time with us live on the radio on uh, and live on Flames Talk podcast on this Wednesday night. That'll about wrap us up on our Flames Talk bonus coverage. Wanted to make sure that we... Uh, held off and got everything in there for you. Uh, and thanks to uh, Artem Grushnikov for joining us as part of our Flames Talk bonus coverage. If you are just joining us live, the Flames have traded Chris Tanev to the Dallas Stars, a pretty complicated three-way trade that also sees New Jersey get involved for some salary retention reasons. But long and short of it, the Flames send Tanev to Dallas in exchange. Calgary gets a 2024 second-round pick a conditional third-round pick, and defense prospect Artem Grushnikov, who we just heard from. It's uh, Pat Steinberg. Thanks to Wes Gilbertson. Thanks to Shan and Cam for staying late and uh, putting this all together. And, uh, hey, our trade coverage is brought to you leading up to the trade deadline, and this feels like a trade deadline move, hey? Even though it's nine days out, this counts, and our trade deadline coverage is brought to you by four great sponsors, including Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar, the best pizza, pasta, steaks, and ribs since 1975. Dine in at 6060 Memorial Drive Northeast, or call them at 403-248-3344 for pickup or delivery.